in the realm of metaphysical I'm present, this war is spiritual Like it loaded, but not with the pistol I hit it with the stage in a crystal Alright, thank you for tuning in to Conversations I am your host, Devin Boyd, a.k.a. Lyrical Instrumentalist And I have... Co-host here, Tia Boyd, a.k.a. Letitia a.k.a. Tia Boyd of Tia Boyd Photography. If you had that long pause, go ahead. Devin's wife. Who the hell Letitia is? <laughs> yeah, so how's it been going? Letitia, Devin's wife, <laughs> and all those. Well, this week for me has been phenomenal. Um, um, I work for after school program, so currently this week is spring break. So I've been getting rest, um, been cleaning up, decluttering um, my space physically and also decluttering like my computer and stuff like that from um, photography files and just catching up on things in general. And finding some time to appreciate um, me, um, that's that's how it's been going for me this week thus far. Um, but I've also been feeling kind of guilty for enjoying, enjoying resting time. It's so weird. Like, um, Tuesday I slept, like, all day. Like, I literally got up. Um, walked around my friend's garden and then I went back to sleep and I slept till about like four and then I got up and just you know hung out with them till it was time for me to go home and I felt bad I felt bad for resting now it's like I'm being really lazy like you got plenty of stuff that you could be doing and yet you're over here resting and I just wonder, like, how many other people feel bad for relaxing, you know, for actually getting the rest that they need? I don't know if it's that, like, a black people thing or if it's just, like, you know, a thing in general that people... I I wonder if I'm the only one that feels guilty for relaxing. It was weird. Uh, I would say no. I always feel like that because, as you know, I never really relax, so... I'm always constantly doing something. So when I do relax, I always feel like, dang, is there something I was supposed to have done? But then, you know, your body actually needs to relax because a lot of times when you're um, just going on autopilot and you're constantly moving and moving and moving and your body isn't relaxing and resting, um, it can start to um, actually affect your work. So you can... um, you can keep trying to do your work, but like I said, if your if your body's exhausted, then um, like I said, it's gonna have a negative impact on your work anyway. So you may as well just relax because you can't get it done while you're tired. And you know, if you're not doing it, you can't do it. So it's gonna be the same situation. So it's better to at least relax first, um, opposed to jeopardizing or um, compromising the quality of of your work. Yeah, speaking mm. of work. So, how has your day been or your week or what's, um, what's good with you? 
I'm good. I'm good. I've actually been preparing for. Uh, so you know, I also go under the DJ name Sai Soon. So I've been uh, preparing to actually, I guess, officially do my second gig uh, this weekend. Um, tomorrow, actually. Um, what's tomorrow's date? The twenty third. Mm-hmm. Um, for Queen Dila, hip hop artist Queen Dila and the Fulu Child. Uh, for Queen Dila and the Fulu Child's uh, single release for um, Lock and Loaded, uh, which is a dope song. I should try play the instrumental background designer. But yeah, it's a dope song. Um, yeah, so I'll be, you know, DJing uh, Queen Dila's uh, set uh, at the, what's the name of the restaurant? Y'all's? Y'all's Cafe. Yeah. In Round Rock, Texas. Mm hmm. <laughs> Well, and that like my week's been good. I've just been trying to uh, get all that ready. Um, of course, nervous as always, because you know I just get nervous at everything. I mean, nerves make you. Um, I feel like it prepares you and make you like good at what you're about to do. Because I am super nervous every time I take on a new client. Every time I do a photo shoot, I get nervous. And it's not, not like I don't know what I'm about to do. I know exactly what I'm about to do. It's just, you know, those nerves get you going, I think, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Speaking of nerves, um, <laughs> why do you laugh? Because you already know it's going to probably say something that had nothing to do with nerves. Exactly. It doesn't matter. I mean, I've <laughs> been with you for 12 years now. I I know that anytime you say speaking of, and it's never related to whatever it is. I mean, what I was going <laughs> to say kind of was, it just wasn't really a good segue into into um, all of that. Because you're talking about, like I said, work. It's cool that you get to work with, um, I know previously, a while ago, last summer, you were on the show, I think, or a time before last, that you know we talked about how you were able to um, actually leave your standard nine to five, I guess, as we'll call it. And um, even though you're still... Not fully 100% necessarily working for yourself, but you're still um, kind of doing both. You're still working in your um, in your field, which is uh, really good. Uh, again, I'm trying to get like you here soon when I grow up. Um, but it's just interesting that um, the whole like work process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking about like just some of the hoops and stuff you have to jump through just to even, um, you know, get jobs, just starting from just the application process. And then when you even get, you know, go through the application, then the interview, um, it's just a lot of uh, work to actually work and then work to stay working. Like even with you, not even considering your current job, but like what past jobs, what is your like, um, experience just just the whole filling out applications kind of me i hate filling out applications because i feel like i really should be able to um just submit my resume and and they look over my resume and if they like me then interview me and that should be it yeah i feel the same way but i also feel like they um they send you through a lot of unnecessary. Um, my experiences, experiences with um, most jobs, I'm not going to say all jobs, but my experiences with uh, most jobs is that, first of all, 
you go online and you fill out you fill out an application and they ask you to upload your resume so you upload your resume then they ask you to fill out an application and then they ask you everything that's on the resume i don't understand why i have to fill out this application and also give you my resume like my resume should be sufficient and telling you what um what i'm capable of doing so you know you follow directions so you fill out the um application which i feel like is you you just doing double the work right it gets repetitive right then you um then i felt like questionnaires and all that kind of stuff too right so then you do all that and you get to the interview and then they want you to tell you about themselves and no they don't want to know anything personal about you got like five kids and you've been married for 15 years and you've been the pastor at your church for this and baseball coach for your kids they don't want to know all of that they want to know everything that's on the resume i don't understand why you can't read like i don't get that like yeah, it was like, what, what was the point of me even submitting the resume so you can have it on file? Because then they're like, yeah, we looked over your resume, but um, in the past five years, wherever you, especially like when you say you're filling out um, applications and stuff online, like you'll submit your resume. And sometimes, you know, some applications will auto populate, you know, whatever you put on your resume, which is cool. So they have the physical resume in their system, and then they have the whatever you have to type. But then you still have to go in and fill out and, um, Again, like you said, repeat everything that's on the resume. It's like, well, what was the the point of that? And then, like you said, I hate. Um, then, yeah, you then you go in and you get the interview, and they're still asking you for that kind of stuff. Like I said, it's all redundant. And sometimes I feel like it's a weeding process. I get it, but at the same time, if you really need an employee, um, you're wasting time having someone go through all these steps. I feel like if you just look over the resume and you feel like my resume is good. Then it just you can just speed up the the, the interview process. You like boom, boom, this dude he got these kind of qualifications. Right. So then I feel like um, they should just bring you in and see your personality. Because of right. course, if you don't, if you have like a dry personality and you already know what type of personality is suitable for this job position, and you need somebody that you know is not dry. Right. And then of course, then you may not make the cut because of your personality. But like you know, bring them in and explain to them what the job is and if there's some like type of test or something that you can give them right. to quickly establish if they're even mentally capable of um doing the work that is required because i know some of us do lie we embellish <laughs> our resumes to um you know fit whatever job situation that we right. are attempting to get you know fake it till you make it as they say it's hollywood everywhere um <laughs> So, you know, give the people the test. Make sure that they're able to do it. I mean, if there's a, some type of personality test, maybe you can give them to see right. if it could coincide with what is already happening in the office. But I, I really feel like um, it's some bullshit. Interviewing yeah. sometimes is really is some bullshit. Like, um, right, because to me, really, essentially, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to feel nervous at an interview, right? Like, like you're under some kind of investigation, like you could fail. Because to me, like, if if I apply for a particular job or position, 
and I felt that I might be somewhat qualified, mm-hmm. um, you know, I feel like the employer's job is to just basically ask those questions just to be sure that, you know, I am qualified and then um, maybe ask additional questions to see how I could fit. And like you're saying, like with the personality and stuff like that versus um, asking like, you know, like trick questions and um, questions that kind of, um, I don't want to say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But basically like they jump, have you jumping through hoops with the question. So you're, you're, sometimes you're getting confused on how they're wording things and then they put all this pressure. I'm like, I get it. But like the company whatever needs the employee and i you know i need to be hired so it's like both kind of help each other so to me you should try to work with them right because we both need something right i hate i hate hate when they be like so why should we hire you right bitch because i need a job like I need money for, for one. Why do you yes. maybe like why? Why do you want to work here? Because I don't like being homeless. Number one, and, and, and crazy, I like to eat. And the crazy thing is, if that was your answer, like employers be like, "Well, they said." Well, I mean, ultimately, that's why anybody needs a job because they need to support their living. Um, so, I mean, if I apply for this place and I know I have some kind of qualifications, I just I need y'all to pay me. Exactly. And since I can do these things. Like, unfortunately, I have yet to be able to build a community with people that I can barter with to survive. Mm-hmm. So if I could barter with someone so that I can um, pay my rent d- through services and I can get food through services. But unfortunately, I have yet to um, find that community that just runs off of the bartering system. So I need to work. So I need for you to right. hire me. And I have the skill set that you are looking for and i have the personality that you need mm-hmm. you need me but like going to job interviews make you feel like like a i don't know for me i feel like a prostitute because i'm out here i'm out here trying to sell everything that i got right now right you definitely have to try to always sell yourself but i get like I'm selling dressing your, it up right <laughs> I, I get selling yourself in a sense of, um, yeah, you know, you do want to impress this person because I do want you to choose me over somebody else. Hence why, you know, you embellish and you you add some extra oomph on your resume and all that kind of stuff. Not saying you're lying on your resume, but, you know, you you may um, elaborate more on this or whatever uh, versus something that you might do for something else. But like. It's crazy. Sometimes you have to go to interviews. They want, you know, generally they want you to dress up. But the crazy thing is. They don't dress up at the office. Yeah, that's not even like, there's like no dress code like that. Especially at call centers. Like, yeah, you're supposed to come, you know, present at a certain way at the interview. But then, you know, at the call center, it doesn't even matter. You know, some call centers. But like, you know, the dress code doesn't even match the attire that you're, you're going in there for the interview. So to me right there, it automatically means that. I'm already putting on. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I find that when I go to places like that and they make it seem like it's one way and then y'all work it out and you get hired and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and then you be like, dang, they hire anybody like they put me through all of this. Exactly. And they hire anybody like the people in here. It's like 
I don't know how you made it out of the fourth grade. Like, really? And you got a job? And y'all was y'all was drilling me like this. Right. And this person got a job. I don't right. even understand. But you know, that part. Mm-hmm. But then I, sometimes I feel like, let's just say, for example, like initially when they this position back in the day or whatever, because some of those people have been there for like years and years. So I feel like you know sometimes they're trying to bring on new new blood <laughs> uh, to try to change all of that. So I can understand that too. Uh, but at the same time, if you're having issues with certain people, you need to get rid of them. I remember when I worked for this company, um, and like during our training classes, um, you know, they were saying, you know, do stuff like this, like this and this and this, um, you know, when you get out to the floor, you're probably here. Some people, they do stuff a different way, but don't, you know, basically don't follow those methods do, you know, how we say to do it in this training class. Cause these are. The real correct way to do it so while they were saying that i'm like so you're basically saying there's people on the floor that aren't doing it correctly or the way that you want them to do it and you're you they also said that how those people have been there for a long time okay so they're doing it wrong and you know it yet you still keep them around but basically if i go out there after you just told me to do it this way and i do it the same way the people who've been doing it wrong have been doing it I'm in a position where I can, you know, get fired or whatever. But at the same time, you know, these tenure people aren't doing it the correct way either. Mm-hmm. But you're going to come after me. So it's like, well, get rid of these people so you can hire some some people to do it. But it's like, I, I didn't get that. And that, that changes my morale. Cause I, um, at this particular company, after years of working there, um, we have like, you know, your performance stuff. And then, like, you know, certain areas of my performance, they'd be looking at, like, hey, you, you know, why is this, you know, this? I'm like, well, I was like, because the the way that this, um, I keep trying to avoid using certain words that could be specific to the company I work for. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> but I'm like, um, the way basically how all the, the performance goes, I'll say, how they're all um, configured, you know, they're they're inaccurate numbers because i'm like because you got these people doing this this kind of way so it's kind of skewing the numbers it's like yeah we know i'm like okay so if you know then you go and change that because other than that they don't come at me when i ain't doing all right because i can't I, I basically can't meet my goals because the number doesn't even make sense so i'm just gonna say something random like you know you're supposed to make make five the number five or whatever but i'm making twos but it's like i can't get to five because it's impossible for really based off the way that you're telling me to do it it's impossible to get a five mm-hmm. based off of that because it's just impossible so i'm like mm. but i know but y'all still want me to follow it okay it makes no sense right <laughs> but i was gonna also um throw in there have you ever been in a position where you were, uh, where you got to hire somebody or interview somebody? Um, I did, but it it was never that often. And the one time, or the few times that I was required to do it, um, like I said, I've, uh, I, I like to say that I've worked for. Um, in, in the past for some um, 
dysfunctional companies. They they operate like a dysfunctional oh, family. Yeah. <laughs> so I work for some dysfunctional companies. So um yeah, I've interviewed a few people when I shouldn't have been interviewing anyone because I was never in a manager position to do so. And on top of that, um being thrown into interviewing someone, I didn't even know I was interviewing them till that day. So therefore oh, I didn't even yeah. know like how to prepare, prepare for it, right. For that. And so I I just know that they would be getting hired to do something like I similar to what I did. So uh-huh. I would ask them questions about the job um that they would be required to um to uh execute like what they were being hired for so i would ask them you know questions based off of what i normally do on a daily basis in that but you had no like template or nothing and no not really google (laughs) yeah so um it was some bullshit i i'm sure that i was not the best uh person to interview them i was not prepared and Mm. honestly if it wasn't for somebody else being there i probably would have told them to run for the hills you don't want this job right (laughs) i had to um i'll say the name of this company because it's a big company even though the other companies i work for are big companies too but i feel like this one saying this one's different because it's like anyways and i can't get hired anymore there um, so I used to work for Walmart way, way back in the day. Um, and uh, when I started there, I was a cashier. Let me back up a little bit. I think this is a funny story, but important. I used to work for UPS. I think UPS was like my first job. Mm-hmm. Like my first job, like, I guess you could say, quote unquote, real job. Because I've always like, when I was younger, I did like graphic design for like people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I made a little side money and here and there. Um, like you know, I was in high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I made a little bit. Of Your change. first job that um you had to report to the government, <laughs> yeah, to, right? <laughs> exactly. Where your social security was needed. It, yeah, exactly. Um, was UPS, and I was think I was only there for I don't know a few months, maybe four or five months. I don't know. But when they hired me, they were like, you know, in the interview, they were you know asking everybody like. Basically, are, do you plan on staying here for a year and all this kind of stuff? And it was crazy because they was like really only stressing at least a year. So I guess a- after a year, the company has made their money back for the training. I don't really know. Um, so, you know, of course, of course, everybody's going to say, yeah. But I'm like, you know, whatever, whatever. Whenever something else comes better along, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, I worked for UPS for however long I was working there. And then, um, so I feel like this happens to me with all my jobs now I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like I was doing extra work. So like I was what's considered a loader. Um, so I'm the person like when uh, I'm loading stuff onto the truck. Mm-hmm. So I had this little scanner thing. I scanned like... Uh, I scanned into the trailer and then I'll scan the packages that come in there and I have to stack up all the boxes. Um, but there was another trailer right next to it, so like another truck. So I had to work both of them. So in order to go to the other one, I had to scan out of my truck and then go to the next one and then scan into that one and scan packages. So I'm like, dang, like why am I working two trucks? And it was like, well, you know, the, the workload that you're doing equates to one person's truck. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
then every so often, like at least I think I worked, I was part time there, but I think I still worked like five days a week. Mm-hmm. But at least like three days out of the week, um, it was either two or three days out of the week, I would always be getting help because they have to come help. Like, dang, he's usually not this busy. Oh, so what you're saying is right now I'm doing a workload for two people. Mm-hmm. So, and after a while, I was having like dreams of boxes and stuff. I'm like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I put in, I think I actually put in a week notice because then I found out Walmart was hiring. Mm-hmm. And like, it was like a new store. And like, so I was going to be like, you know, one of the first employees there, I guess. But it was a new store that was opening. I was like, cool. Like, um, and I think, I can't remember how much I was making at UPS, but. I think working at Walmart was going to be 10 cents less. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, and the, the distance I was driving, like. You made that 10 cents back. I, I made more than the 10 cents back. <laughs> but right. And like, this was going to be full time, I think, too. So I'm like, shoot, why not? That's easier, more money and closer. I'm like, shit, yeah. So I took that. I worked out. I'm giving away a whole bunch of history. <laughs> I feel like this has been going on for too long. This, this show interview. Right. <laughs> Give me your work history. Right. This is exactly <laughs> how it go. So, yeah. But then, like, after, okay, so I'm working at Walmart. And I worked there for, like, uh, I don't know, three or four years. And I came up in their little ranks fast. I started as a cashier. Then I um, was what they call it, the CSS or CSMs or whatever. So, you know, like the cashier supervisors at the front, the people I know back in the day they had red vest on or something. Had I don't know what they do now, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So I did all that. So again, I got overworked at UPS, mm-hmm. and then um, so I put in my week notice, and then my two managers pulled me off the trailers and was like, um, basically, I thought you said you was gonna stay here for a year. I was like, well, yeah, you know, you know, whatever. Like I got a better job somewhere else, and whatever. Well, we we think you just want to go home now. I was like, yeah. I almost wanted to jump for joy then, but you know, I just fell some paperwork, so I'm like, yeah, I'll go home now. So basically, I guess technically, what did I get fired? You had already quit, so no, you did not get fired. But um, they didn't allow you to work your two weeks. Oh, okay. Well, but te- Texas is an at will state, so you can leave whenever you wanted to. You didn't. You didn't really have to put in a two weeks as courtesy. Right. I tell people. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I put in a week. Oh well. <laughs> Still, that was courtesy to put in a week. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, so then, when I worked at Walmart, mm-hmm. they had you know my fun at Walmart for a little bit. Um. After a while, like being a CSM, it seems like again I'm doing a whole bunch of work. Like, as everybody knows, when you go to Walmart, it'd be like seven cashiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, or less <laughs> when you got like a thousand registers and then you got like a billion customers. Mm-hmm. And these numbers are pretty accurate. It's usually about a billion <laughs> customers. <laughs> not exaggeration. But you have all these customers and then you got like not enough cashiers like all the time. So like going into Walmart now, um, I don't even get mad because I'm like, shit, I was there once. But like when I used to work there, it's like, and you know the customers are getting mad at you and i got stuff about customers but customers are getting mad at you but i'm like i i don't i ain't got nothing to do with the schedule i ain't got nothing to do with the hiring so there was one time where i was literally so i came in i used to work second shift so i came in um 
none of the cashiers got breaks or anything because they were busy. And some people had called in. People had called in on top of the schedule already not having enough people. Mm-hmm. So really, we had like yeah, triple short. Right, and we had no cart pushers. Somehow, they were all scheduled off at this time mm-hmm. for the rest of the day. So I called management like, hey, like we need some help. We drowning. Up here. Yeah, I was like, we need help up here. Like uh, we don't have that many cashiers. Um, we have no cart pushers. Uh, right now, there's only two supervisors, and the other one that was here, um, she got to go to lunch because I think she actually was a morning cashier. Mm-hmm. So she I mean, a morning a morning supervisor who had also been kind of short. So it was like, like, hey, like <laughs> she got to go to lunch. She been you know over over her time because after a while, you get locked out of the system. And you can't do anything. So um, she. Uh, you know she went to lunch and then like you know all the cashiers are like now super behind so i started sending people to lunch and i jumped on the register and since we had no cart pushers i was literally working a register sending people to break and going out there pushing carts so i had the little palm pilot thing and i was like like i was doing everything i literally was doing three jobs at once and then i was helping people at customer service desk like like from that day i should just got a raise immediately mm-hmm but I didn't. Um, so then, like, you know, I called for help. No one came. When the store manager gets there, I'm like, you know, I hear her coming on the radio like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, we don't have anybody. And then that's when all the managers was like, hey, you know, hey, Devin, um, what's going on? Like, no, 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 it's too late. I was like, well, I need help. And then I turned the radio off. Because <laughs> now they're like, you know, they're now they're trying to help. But I turned the radio off. Like, y'all need to come up here. We're not about to have this conversation. And at that moment, I'm checking out a customer. Like, I ain't got time for this. Um, I said I have to say they fired me. <laughs> um, not then, so it was like some kind of money order scam going around or whatever. But which they knew about and did not. Um, right, they did not prep or pass on the information no. to be aware of this type of scam. So they knew about this money scam that was going on, but they somewhere dropped the ball and did not um, disclose that information to the oncoming shift. No. And then he got caught up in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it was unfortunate for me, but I guess fortunate for my uh, coworkers that were on my shift that I got caught and they didn't uh, caught up in it. And uh, it was crazy because it was like I was on the phone with somebody for like 30 minutes. It was like perfect. They had it super planned out or whatever. I ain't going to go too deep into that story. But, yeah, there was like some kind of scam going around. And literally right after I got the phone with the scammer, the girl who was up there at customer service, she said, you know, it's a money order scam going around. I was like, are you fucking serious? And she was like, yeah. I was like, I guess I'll be fired tomorrow. Sure enough, I was. So it was like, hmm. You do all that hard work. For companies that don't um, particularly care for you. Um, and then I just get let go that easy. Yeah. Like, honestly, I feel like we all should try to um, do something that makes you feel good on a daily basis as far as working. Um, try to find a job that makes you feel good. Because um, I feel like I've been in at least three or four jobs in my life where it felt like an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to leave 
but unfortunately um i did not have another form of income that was going to be coming in like right away um part a big part of it was that i was comfortable and the comfortability made me lazy because you know on one hand i didn't like being there um i didn't like the way things were going there and but on the other hand I know that I could fuck off to about 12 o'clock and then when I come back from lunch, I could do all my work up until five, you know, so. You had your benefits to it. Yeah, you know, it had it has its up and ups and downs until it didn't. Right. It worked until it just didn't work at all. So, um, yeah, how much abuse from a job is enough abuse, you know? Right, like I say, even working at Walmart, um, it was like, dang, like, and know what? And know what? Most of my abuse came from from just even working in the retail world. It wasn't even as much from the the managers themselves or the job itself per se, but it was the customers. Mm-hmm. Like so, like I said, working like retail. Um, any kind of retail job. So I've worked at like Walmart, Starbucks. I worked at some computer stores and, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, you know, a heavenly cuffs customer facing. So you had direct um, contact with yeah. the customer, like face to face. And then you've also done lots of jobs where you had indirect um, yeah, like call center call jobs. Center stuff. jobs yeah. So either over the phone via chat mm-hmm. or email or things such as that nature. Which I'll take phone uh, call centers any day versus in person. But there's pluses and minus to both. Because in person like you can kind of say what you you shouldn't but like it's gonna be my it's gonna it's gonna be my word against yours versus at the call center it could be recorded so exactly. they're exactly you could get away up. with stuff but the call i know c- i talked to some people crazy in their face because right. well you know i just kind of <laughs> take on the attitude that they were giving me at that time um not always mm-hmm. but shit if i was in a mood and they was given a mood right and then i would just flip that shit I did not say that. Mm-hmm. You are especially twisting my words, and I do not appreciate. And then at that point, by the time your manager roll up, you just be calm as a cucumber, mm-hmm. cool as a cucumber, yeah, not calm. calm, cool as a cucumber. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just be cool as a cucumber. And if your people know you at work, and right? They know I was gonna you say that they as, know you good. Yeah, they know you as like you know really patient and quiet. Mm-hmm. Then they're they're not gonna believe the customer. Right, and that's the thing. Like, when your manager has your back. See, and that was the other thing. So when I in in Walmart days, um, there've been oftentimes where I felt the manager didn't have my back. Where I'm defending, you know, the policy, then they'd be like, "Well, just go ahead and do it." I'm like, "No, like you do it," because I just sit here and debated and argued with this person about this policy. Now here you come. Not oh, the worst time, like. I've had people like yell at me and stuff and I was looking at them. One time I had like a friend uh, of mine that I was still friends with was working there and this person, um, his customer was like, uh, cause you know, I was her supervisor. So I went over there to help. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, we got to figure it out. Yeah, you can go ahead and do that or whatever. Yeah, that's cool, whatever. So I'm about to leave and they were like, can she finish helping me or is she too stupid to do it? I was like, oh, hold up. I was like, excuse me? It was like, you know, is she too stupid to do it or does she, can she do it or something like that and i was like i was like first of all we don't have to check out any of your stuff 
And so I was like, so you can get all this stuff off the bell and you can just leave. Like, we ain't got to check out any of this. And, and they looked at me and I looked at them like, what, say something else? I didn't say those words. But I did say like, yeah, we don't have to check out any of your stuff. But like, we, they're looking at me, I'm looking at them like, I'm like, okay, like, you got something else to say? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it is in the being the customer because i've been an angry customer myself but i don't right. i don't talk to people crazy because it's like what part of talking to someone crazy yeah, how's is that gonna, gonna make re- them right. want to help you um from the last abusive relationship that i left <laughs> <laughs> my last job that um i was i was over there for two years and like customers used to call and talk to me all kind of crazy on the phone and like Fortunately for me, like my management kind of backed me up a little mm-hmm. bit sometimes. And so they would be talking real like off the wall, like, you know, just real ugly. And I'd be like, well, sir, 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 right, sir. Well, um, I do apologize. I would love to help you with that. You know, but like, do you feel that speaking to me in this manner is going to make me want to help you any more than what, you know, I'm accomplishing right now? Right. And I am trying to help you if you would let me speak, you know, and so they never want to let you speak. They just want to over talk you and complain right. the whole time. And there's been a few times people were yelling, like yelling through the phone at me. Straining and I, vocal po- cords. <clears throat> I politely hang up. And then I answer the phone again and, you know, I give the whole little spill that you give when you answer the phone. And then um, I'll be like, are you ready to speak to me in a normal tone? Right. Exactly. I would love to help you. Let me speak to your manager. Unfortunately, my manager is not available at this time. Now, you can call back in about three hours and hope to speak to someone. Mm -hmm. um, But that's still going to delay your services. Now, how can I help you in this moment? Right. You know, and so then, you know, some people got some act right about them and some people just hung up. Um, Either way it go, I still got paid. Right. But that's you're not thing. gonna disrespect. And that's me, the thing right? too um, with customers. Sometimes they don't understand. I, I'm getting paid by the hour, so yeah, this is an annoying conversation. But the longer we sit right here, uh, like you know, the clock is ticking. And I'm getting paid for this, and then once it's time for me to go, I'm leaving. So if you wasted all my day with you, like after after this is over, I'm I'm going home. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. They, it's like. I don't know where people or what company started. Customers always right that thing. Mm, that's not, a lie. Yeah, I mean, because people, people are wrong. People ain't right. Right. <laughs> so, what's the longest that you stayed in an abusive relationship with your job? Um. <laughs> and what was your breaking point? Like, did you fire them or did they fire you? Like, what? How did you decide that you can no longer be? And what I like to call the abusive relationship with your job. Um, I guess it would have been Walmart because that was like the the worst one where it was like, man, it's getting ridiculous. So they, I guess, like we said, they fired me. Because then my next job was I quit them. Mm -hmm. Because, see, I don't like the food industry either. Okay, but you still didn't tell us what was your breaking point. You just said Walmart was the worst, and you didn't tell. I guess my just a short overview of it. I guess my breaking point was the fact that, like when I told you, I um, when I was out there pushing carts 
and running the front and doing customer service and cashiering all like this not like uh, through a period this not throughout the day this was all within like one moment i literally would jump off the register go outside mm-hmm. come back and do this and then I, I was literally like running everything and got no help and that was like okay like this is too much because i've already asked for help several times and that it's never got it's never gotten worse than that but still like all right that my mind is i'm done like so going forward from there is like i'm not putting in an extra effort so it'd be like i'm just gonna run people's brakes when lines are long i just stand there and let the lines be long like i'm done like mm-hmm. can't I'm do out. no more yeah that's my that's my favorite thing <laughs> to say i'm out i'm out don't ask me nothing about this so i'm gonna have to say that my worst job um job was when i was doing home health care not home health care um i was working at an assistant living center and at this assistant living center they were always understaffed so at any mm-hmm. at at, at any given shit. point i would go to work i would have to cook mm-hmm. is that your your role though? that was not my role i was mm-hmm. a cna i was there for patient care so i would have to cook not only did i have to cook then i have to go and get patients up up and out their bed and get them dressed and some of them required morning showers some of them took showers after breakfast so i'm getting people up and out the bed and then i also was trained but never certified to be a med tech so cook patient care tech Mm -hmm. med tech then we had to clean rooms so we were also housekeeping right um so clean rooms and clean common areas so the living room and all that stuff mm-hmm. had to be clean to you know make sure that everything looked good and so after that then you know get everybody down to breakfast passing out pills while they trying to eat passing out plates right picking up plates washing plates like we did everything every single mm-hmm. thing and then when you would ask for a day off or you want to use your vacation time or you want to use your sick time, then it became an issue. It was a problem. <laughs> like, you know, oh, well, we can't do that and we can't do this and we can't do that. I was so miserable with that job. I remember that um, it I got so bad. I would cry on my way to work. Like, I, I that's how much I did not want to be mm-hmm. there. And it affected the care that I was able to provide the people that live right, there. Right, you can't actually be caring because you're just so frustrated and pissed Right, off. and some of them have Alzheimer and, you know, they have issues, and so that's why they're there and some of they don't remember stuff and, you know, like they're doing things that us normal people wouldn't do but because their mind is gone you know and so that's frustrating having to deal with that on top of the other stress right that was given to me so like i just remember calling you up one night and was like i don't want to do that's this right because you worked overnight at that point at yeah. that point i had worked all the shifts and overnight was the easiest shift because all i had to do was check on the people at night right. wash everybody clothes in the building and vacuum and, and get a few people up before i left so like but I I cried and I was like I can't do this and I just remember telling them I don't want to do this no more and I went in and told them I quit and and that was it and I never looked back from there like but that would that would have to be my worst worst um job to me and it and the 
shitty part is like it's kind of cool to have job not not really cool to have jobs like that but you know you can always look at the bright side of everything right Mm -hmm. so you can look at that and like some jobs like that help groom you um sometimes it can i think can negatively affect you where like um especially like when we're dealing with customers so working in retail it can make you have like a sour taste in your mouth so every time you're dealing with customers um and they even remotely seem like they could be one of those customers Mm -hmm. you start to automatically get on the defense so like that could be bad but like those jobs to me like help like i said coming from retail to going to the call center like i'm like oh shoot like call center was easy because mm-hmm. i'm like shoot yeah just yell at me over the phone i'm just gonna sit there and be like they'd be like hello i'm like yes i'm still here did you hear what i said oh yes but you're still yelling so i'll wait till you're done <laughs> like and eventually you're just gonna hang up and i go back to doing other stuff like but you know like saying being in retail like you can't i mean you could leave but you know you, you're sitting there and they're looking at you different kind of situation so especially when you got uh remember how you had uh who was your boy when he was working at that clothing store um oh, your homeboy yeah. uh young thug oh, yeah your homie young thug y'all go way back huh mm. <laughs> so funny story i was working at a clothing store here in austin texas when i first moved here it was um, during south by right when yeah. they came in it was during a south by my first south, south by southwest um when I moved here and matter of fact, that was my first, uh, retail job. So I never worked in retail. Um, but they were quick to hire. So it was something that I can get fresh in town. And so I was working in the men's department this day and, um, his entourage came in and they liked some stuff and they told him to come over there. So he came over and like, this guy was standing right next to me young thug was standing right next to me and there was this particular jacket that he wanted and he looking at the person in front of him as he stand next to me and tells them ask her if they have another one of these in this such and such size in the back and i'm looking like and i'm looking at this guy like you better not tell me nothing i'm not deaf i i clearly heard everything that he said and even if i was deaf i'm standing right next to him and i could read lips like you know really that was unnecessary like how hollywood are you that you can't even look me in my face and tell me what you need as you tell your friend who's standing in front of you and you're standing next to me that was so dumb anyway moving on what are her other topics (laughs) (laughs) But right, your homie. Mm-hmm. You gonna call him up? Y'all hanging out this weekend? Mm-hmm. I keep saying that, y'all, because she don't like Young Thug. I mean, I don't either, but. I'm just worse. not a big fan. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that, that that goes to like my next topic thing. I was thinking of how uh, some customers feel entitled like that. Where it's like, uh, just because you're a customer, don't, don't be tripping like that. Mm, the ones that be like. You wouldn't have a job if I didn't come right, here. Right. Uh, I I supply you with the paycheck. Um, uh, actually, not, the store does. You know, not, and not I understand you. that. You know, y'all are consumers, and you have to consume in right. order for me to, you know, have a job. But you ain't gotta act like that. 
Right. And like you said, my my paycheck doesn't uh, revolve around you individually. Yeah. A bunch of people like you, maybe, but not you specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm going to stop shopping your, with y'all. Right. I'm not your personal, like, salesperson. And that's no, it's right, not. Right. I don't it is. work for you personally. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't understand the, the rudeness that people um, project. I understand that we're all human. Right. I understand that we all go through things um, and we all have bad days. What I do not understand is the um, people that feel that it is okay to continue to disrespect other adults and or other human beings, period. They feel that they can speak um, to people in any manner that in which they feel fit to because they have money or that's just you know i'm right you're wrong kind of thing it's almost like i don't i don't i don't really know how to explain it but like i've i've been around people and i've had people talk to me almost like you know they have throw some stuff on the ground and then be like that's your job to pick that up right like again like to a sense of entitlement and kind of what you mentioned earlier like i don't understand why um why people come with that kind of energy when you you need me to do something for you so it's like you want me let's go back to your homie um you want me to go get something out the back but then you acting like that what makes you think um maybe i'm gonna get the one out the back that's in a pack but maybe it's claims and maybe got a stain on it like what makes you think I'm going to return with good quality, especially like when people be in restaurants, like don't mm. yell at the staff. Granted, like you're saying, everybody's human. So I get like, hey, OK, this is the third time you kept messing up this order today. Right. Like, I'm frustrated. Let me see your manager. Like, hey, no, I'm sorry. No, you know. Yeah, but, but I need you, to talk to but your you're manager. not talking to them crazy. Yeah. So I, and I understand that people go through things like they, they, that, that they person could just had a, down, right, they had a bad they day. baby sick. You know, I mean, a whole bunch of shit is a factor of why they mm-hmm. may be feeling that way. But then at that point, you need to recognize it. Like, right. I feel like me as a person, I I know that when I'm starting to project Right. And and then I have to either apologize for um projecting my bad attitude out right. on somebody else or I take a moment, I step away and I'll be like, I need to go to the bathroom real quick. Right. And I take a moment to reset. Cause some people didn't do nothing to me. What I'm feeling is personal. And so then you have to take that moment to go and do a reset. So like that that's a good topic like what what is it that you do to help you reset when you're at work and you're unable to fully express yourself in the manner that you need to Mm -hmm. um how do you how do you take that step back to to take care of you first right and then also to also be able to um provide the best um care to the customer also I say if you're fortunate to have a job where you can have like um, like personal time or speak with your manager first and let them know like, hey, like, hey, my day ain't going that well. Um, I say let them know at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if the way the day is going and progressing, then be like, hey, you know, like 
this this day ain't going well for me. I, I don't want to get fired. I love my job, even if you don't. But you could say that at least. He was like, yeah, I love my job. And, you know, I don't want um, to get fired. You know, this is what's happening. Like, can I have a personal time or something or just like a longer break just so I can whatever. Because I feel like <clears throat> a lot of us will complain about our jobs. But then at the same time, we don't necessarily take steps like you're just saying to to make that better or like um communicate to your manager because i know at my current job and even previous jobs um i'll communicate in all the manners i'll send a message an email whatever but i'm gonna need you to know that this this and this is uh going on so yeah like so it don't be a surprise because my, my friend just actually um lost her job because she had to take care of her child Mm-hmm. And they were tripping and stuff like that, but it's like, um, my child is sick, and and I took proper um, procedures and right. taken off, and yeah, that's that's hard. Um, it's hard being a mom. I'm not saying that it's not hard being a dad too, but it's like hard being a, a mom and having a job at times because. Um, the people that you work for even if there are other mothers they act like they don't have an understanding at times like Mm -hmm. you know like they can't understand why you can't make it to work well my child is sick like I don't right I can't like and if if you are fortunate to be married and your husband is taking off so now both of y'all are missing work you know I miss work today you miss work tomorrow then y'all going back and forth um, playing tag on missing work but um, that that puts both of you livelihoods in uh, jeopardy mm-hmm. and so then if 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 both of y'all get fired who, who gonna take care of the baby right and then we're gonna you know all kind of other stuff it, it just rolls downhill from there but with that being said being fired could be like a liberation yeah um so on one hand yeah you don't know where your income is going to come from now, but it also gives you opportunity to pursue your dreams. So, like, if right. you could liberate yourself today, what would be your um, foundation or what would be, um, I'm not going to say your dream job because I just read this meme that was like, what <laughs> right. is your dream dream job? And it was like, in my dream, I don't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, what do you, what are you passionate about? Like, if today was the day for you to just do what you want to do for the rest of your life to make your your funds, what would that be? Well, I definitely, of course, want this podcast to really jump off and be booming and get more uh, topics and people and guests and um, get more followers on here so I can generate money uh, from it because, uh, you know, I can get, you know, get it monetized basically where you know the more subscribers and listeners and um what's the other word um that they always commonly say on different podcasts the uh uh, i can't remember the name of the word but basically patreon yeah patrons yeah um get some more of those get some of those patrons some some of those patrons and um (laughs) yeah that way you know i can you know get better equipment and you know spread the word and like I said travel to get more people to, to tune into it so we can have these conversations but like my foundation is audio um 
audio of all kinds. So recording music, producing music, mixing and mastering music, uh, composing music, um, all that. So that would be, you know, my liberation because music is universal. So letting people be able to bask in the, the, the vibrations of music is what I want. For me, it would be to be able to, um, I'm not going to even say be wealthy. I would just like to, not just like to, but um, be able to sustain myself Mm -hmm. strictly through photography and through selling my art and through liberating and healing women. um, Well, not just women, liberating and healing all people who has who I have the privilege of shooting and the privilege of working with. So for me, my dreams are to continue to shoot to my best capabilities, to continue to create art, to never stop, never stop creating. That was one of the reasons why me and my last situation AKA my abusive relationship with my last job. That's why we had to break up, you know, because one day I looked up, I, well, not I looked up, one day I woke up and I realized it's been four months since I created any type of art. Like it had been four months and I had not had one concept or idea, which is the same word to, um, for any type of photo shoot. And I, I was stagnant. And mosquitoes had started to lay eggs on my water. So I was like, it's time for me to go. Because literally, they are sucking the life out of me. Um, So, yeah. My liberation would be to continue to heal myself and others through the lens. And to create beautiful art. And to have my artwork on people's walls. Like, I want my artwork to be seen. Yeah, it would be nice. So, like, the more museums that I can get into, the more art exhibits that I can have, the more markets that I can sell my things at, the more exposure that I can receive nationwide, worldwide. Um, that's what I want. Yeah, it would be dope. Mm-hmm. And um, It's 10 10. Oh, what? what? You um something you said I was like yeah um like I wouldn't even be greedy with it right I would just I wouldn't even mind being able to live the same way I'm living now of course you'd want to live better and greater and all that kind of stuff but I wouldn't even mind living the same way I'm living now if I'm just doing you know that full time um I'd be, you know, I'd be satisfied with that because I still get to do if I can do what I like doing and still, you know, generate the same lifestyle. Exactly. I'd be I'd be satisfied with that and have no uh, issues and complaints with it. Because at least at that point, because I feel like if you have to struggle, once you become sustainable doing something that you love that, mm -hmm. you know, and that's for you, then that's right. That's liberation for Mm -hmm. me. Cause like I said, I don't even mind. Uh, it's one thing if you're struggling and you're working for someone else, and then you have all these struggles. So it's like, dang, and I can't do it, it myself. That makes it more miserable when you're struggling and you're doing something that you don't want to do, right? And like you're working for somebody else, and you're working hard for these people, and you're not appreciated. You know, so it's like 
I could I I could work this hard for myself. And that's the thing, exactly. You, exactly, you can work, put in that same amount of energy, but it's like you can't do it with both. Um, you can't put the same amount of energy into both because it's, it just you can't. Um, it's draining. It is draining, right? Especially when you work somewhere that you don't want to be. So like that, the, qu- the quality is going to get compromised mm-hmm. on one on somewhere. So. And it's hard to try to to try to juggle that that kind of thing. Two worlds. Yeah. But I will say, like I kind of mentioned earlier, like any past job I had, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'd even regret them. Um, I feel like they all I've learned something from all of them. And I think like anybody who's trying to start their own business and become an entrepreneur, um, it's good to have worked at different like little companies. And it didn't have to be a big company if you just worked at like you know little retail stores or fast food industry i think it's good to have like those kind of jobs um to help groom you as a business person i met somebody recently which i don't think they've ever worked in that kind of industry and they kind of um fortunately you know they have their own like business but you can kind of tell like they haven't had to deal with um those different kinds of things right so it's almost like i almost feel like this person has their business and they've grown up feeling entitled so their business is doing successful but because they didn't have like work experience yeah that work experience and you know knowing how to deal with different kinds of customers and on different levels and different uh, situations they're only looking at it from one one perspective all the time and i think like that could hurt their business when dealing with somebody who might be upset or employees and all that so i'm like uh i get kind of where they were coming from but then it's like you're you're about to become the big corporation that you don't want to work for and why other people don't want to work for that company if you don't you know so like working at these different companies originally i used to hate like when they have us doing like certain little trainings and different things like that but i get why they do it because it's like that helps build that like core of the company and kind of build a stronger foundation so i feel like any kind of business owner should take those things into consideration whether they either if they don't work for a corporation but like they should research that kind of stuff to like Try to build their foundation strong Because I get not wanting to have to deal with uh, customers So have you ever had somebody I know you have but I just want to say it on the air Have you ever had somebody um, Just like you know regular customers If you worked at a corporation or whatever Try to tell you um, Or negotiate um, Your your pricing Or um, Yeah So um, not at a store or not at a retail store. And I mean, well, yeah, if something has a spot on it or something at a retail store, yeah, that people do attempt to negotiate things. But I, I have um, run into this more so as my own personal business. Um, I do photography, as mentioned. Um, and I tell people, they be like, so what's your rates? Oh, it's going to be this, you know, and this is what you'll get. Um, this is what I'll do. This is how much time you got. Blase will do. Cool. Sounds good. I don't want eight pictures. I just want two. How much is that? You still getting the same amount of time. Like, oh, well, I don't need a whole hour. I just need like 30, 
20, 20, 30 minutes. That's not what I offer. So I, I told you what my prices are. Now, granted, you saying you only need 30 minutes? We go out there, you got a whole hour to shoot with me. If you only use 30 minutes and you leave, fine. But I still need what I've said, what what I quote you. And my thing is, is that you're not going to go up in JCPenney's or wherever they do them, uh, <laughs> them photos, mm-hmm. which are not even creative. They give you, and, and I know what they give you because I work for them people. Right. They give you like a four or five shot list, full body, half body, quarter body, up, side light, and floor. Mm-hmm. That's that's your shot list, and like on a backdrop, whatever little backdrop you pick out, and you don't go in there. And then people packages starting off at like two hundred dollars, two fifty, and you're not going in there talking about. I just want one picture. How much for that? Right. Exactly. I only people, need ten minutes in people, the studio. How much for that? So y'all not bargaining with them. People are trying to haggle them. So I just wish that um, customers would be considerate and just quit trying to haggle us, us small business owners. We need to eat, just like the, the corporations. Right. Exactly. And people don't take into consideration the resources and materials and time and the overhead that you have to deal with to put to even where you're at um with that <laughs> but yeah i've heard people like that story you just gave remind me again another walmart story uh these two guys they brought up like it was like a a four or a six pack of like beer you know or something like that you know some kind of wine coolers or something but two of them were missing so they were like, hey. So he should have just took two more from somebody else. And just pick one that has that all. That had all of them in there. So it's like, you're trying to negotiate this thing. It's like, well, you know, this one has this. Well, what can I get for this? Oh, we could leave this one here. You can go get the real thing. Like, let's not be trying to. But all I know, you drunk them in right. the back somewhere. Right. That part. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy how people try to negotiate your prices. And here's the trippy part or the, the crazy part when I'm just going to throw out a number just for simple math. Uh, but like you charge ten dollars, and then they're like, "Oh, that's too much." So then they go hunting around, or one they say, "Well, this person over here charge eight. We'll go to them." Yeah, why are you over here? Or they, you know, they hunting around, and then they find out where everyone else is charging fifteen or twenty, and then they come back to you. Oh man, yeah, uh, you know, you still got that ten dollar? Nope, mine's fifteen now. Oh, last time you said ten. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. today's fifteen. You should have went with me last time. Like stuff yeah. be changing. Just I, like I gave you a deal, that um that deal has expired. Mm-hmm. So you're back. Right. But it's just crazy how. And then what really kind of pisses me off at times too, especially with us, us black people, how we say we don't support black businesses, but then, um. Then like when we quote when we provide our price, you be like, oh, that's too high. Okay, you just talk about supporting black businesses. Now I give you my price. Now you don't want to support me. But the trip side is is that we are selling or doing products and doing things in the same manner that others are. Uh-huh. So um, things are based off of or the prices are based off of what is in the industry. Mm-hmm. So if I'm telling you that this is gonna cost you this much, that is um, like industry prices, and I may even be a little bit below what is you know normally charged right. for this. And but like you know, it is what it is. 
But then some people be like, well, I don't go to black businesses because they charge too much. Well, it's like what people don't understand about businesses, especially starting out businesses, you might have to charge more because you're trying to cover your overhead. And it depends on what the industry is. Some people can charge less because they have actually built up a rapport with companies who may actually provide lesser quality products in what you're getting. So I think about like what t-shirts and clothes clothing like that um i remember i started i was trying to do a t-shirt business with somebody and we're looking at different like t-shirt companies and that who can do like silk screening or whatever and like you'd find different t-shirt brands and like companies and all that and some would be more expensive than others but then once you kind of look at it it's like um where the shirt's coming from the quality of it and all that so yeah this over here this over here might be cheaper but um the quality is just way less but people don't really take that into consideration either or they don't even take into consideration why this is cheaper or why yours is more expensive Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like well how am i supposed to survive when you about to nickel and dime me and that part (laughs) so people be having million dollar dreams um or what they say they be having like uh, champagne taste buds with like Kool-Aid wallets or something like that. I never heard that, but I know what you're anyway. trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> they be wanting the world. They be wanting the world and everything for 25 cents. Right. Like this ain't 1918 or something. It's like, like you a million dollars on a $2 budget. Exactly. Like y'all want me to give you everything. Fulfill all my fantasies mm. and dreams. But all I got is five dollars to make it happen, like Smokey Mama from Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, yeah, I can make it happen, but it's gonna look like that. But then you don't want. But they don't want. So they also be like, they want high quality, and they don't want things to look crappy or whatever. But you don't want to pay that high quality price, right? Everybody trying to catch a deal. And know what I realized with my career too? Um, I made a whole bunch of like the negotiation and deals like that with people, and then. And the end of it is like, dang, you know, where my money at? And it ended all this. Mm-hmm. And a funny story during South by this year, 2019, I ran into some people at a or some guy at a uh, at a venue, and um, um, he said, he said, yeah, man, what do you do? I was like, yeah, you know, I produce music, DJ, this and that, whatever. He said, yeah, man, you know, I'm part of this record label, you know. We about to, you know, do this and this and have this so-and-so and this and this. Basically saying how, you know, they about to have, talking about their clout and this kind of stuff and resources they about to have, whatever. He's like, yeah, man, you know, send me some beats, man. And then like, da-da-da, this now. I'm like, first of all. Send you. First of all, you said send you some beats. For free. He's like, yeah, because, you know, we can get some of my artists on them. And then from there, you know, everybody blow up and all that. But no. wait, why he feel like you do? He's doing you a favor, right? And you didn't even bother to check my pedigree, right? And I ain't even checked your pedigree. Like I don't know what you do. I looked at your social media, and no, you need first of all give me a business card. Mm-hmm. Like if you got clout like that, if you ain't got no business card. Which I mean, that don't mean nothing. But like you talking about this clout that you got, um, too. Like I'm not about to just send you no beat, like. We ain't got no well, contract beats, or beats cost money. Right. That's time, resources. And when I learned in school, um, 
which I'm sure you learned this kind of stuff when, when you were in school too. Like, um, basically by selling yourself short. Um, you screwing you and the next person that does something in the um, same field. Like, you can't undercut because then if you are known for undercutting, then other people that does do the same type of work that you do are gonna be like, man, like I ain't gonna work with him because, you know, he out here watering down our business but like what like what music too like if i sell you a 50 dollar beat and you blow up off of it mm. and you make millions of dollars right i just i just sold you a million dollar beat for 50 dollars right and there ain't no contract you know i even if we did rapper contracts like hey you know you own this beat but i sold it for 50 dollars that's all i got all the millions you making all i got was 50 dollars but then like if I was to sell it for a thousand and you do make a million, yeah. But at least like I know that with this thousand You got more than uh uh some gas money. Right. You know, I could have paid rent or whatever. Could have bought some more equipment, some could have invested in got some more beats and stuff or whatever. But yeah, it's like don't sell yourself short. So for basically to kind of wrap things up, like I said, we're conversations like having different topics and issues about um, things that people typically don't have conversations about. And I see a lot of people, especially every year, people talk about how they want to do something different with their jobs and their life. And um, I feel like if you are at a job that you don't like, um, for one, find out why you don't like it. If you don't have no reason, because I know some people just hop around from job to job talking about how they don't like it when mm-hmm. it's, it really comes down to the individual has they nothing to do with like the job or they just don't like working which i get that too um but you if you want to live sometimes you got to work but if you if you are a person who doesn't like to work then find something that you're passionate about and make that a career um that's not something you want to do then i say don't complain about your job just deal with it um if you're not actually trying to you know make positive with your work situation but like I said, if you are going to start become a business owner, uh, do the research uh, in whatever particular field that you're going into. Um, be mindful of what you're doing, and everybody should remember that we're even if you're a business owner, you're still a customer too. So don't you know you need you need the the you need your customers as much as they need you. So and think about like you know like we talked about working in retail and stuff like that being on that receiving end so it's like don't be them people mm-hmm. well thank you once again for uh being on conversations thank you for having me all right again my name is devin boyd i thank y'all for tuning in conversations and peace